Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. And welcome to Overtime on the Ice. I'm Jenna Harner, joined by Phil Bork and Dan Kovacevic. Guys, this time a year ago, we had no idea the magnitude of what we were going to continue to deal with. March 11th and 12th, the dates that a lot of us will remember in sports history when the sports world went on pause, shut down for months on end. It seemed so crazy to think about at the time and just kind of the ripple effect of everything. You know, I want to ask both of you, what do you remember from those days because both of you were in Columbus. The Penguins were set to mm -hmm. take on the Blue Jackets when all the dominoes started to fall and next thing both of you knew you were coming back home. It was surreal. I remember actually looking at you, Phil, in that basement when we were waiting for those guys after practice. At the Nationwide that? Arena. At Nationwide Arena. Yeah. And I'm looking at you as if that, like the, what are we, what's happening here? <laughs> what's happening? Because remember at the time, the NHL had not yet postponed a game. The Penguins and Blue Jackets had been told that day that they were going to play. Remember? And it well, was the governor said it's the, on, it's off, it's on, off, on fans, off, no fans, we weren't else, sure. We thought this was still going to happen and it's just, it was surreal. The players that they brought to us that day, I remember Brian Dumoulin, Chris Letang came out. They had the same looks in their eyes like, what's going on here? Um, I'll, I'll tell you this, it's, it's been a year. It's been a year on a lot of fronts and on the hockey front and on the Penguins front, they've been through a lot as well. I give the National Hockey League a lot of credit for having raised the Stanley Cup with the Tampa Bay Lightning in Edmonton. Uh, I give the Dallas Stars a lot of credit for getting that far too under what now we know is were some really adverse circumstances. And here are the Penguins and they're playing really well. And they had home ice advantage, Phil. How about that? Yeah. They became one of the best home ice teams in the league defending an empty building. Um, it, it's it's been something. And oh, by the way, they've also been really, really good about no outbreaks, no anything yeah. like that. And that's also a point of pride. Yeah, for me, uh, you know, I go back to that night in Columbus. I was having dinner uh, actually with Dan Potash, uh, and there was a, a a bar close by to the uh, dining room, and there was a TV on. And uh, we all remember uh, Rudy Jobert from the Utah Jazz touching all the microphones oh, and that yeah. seven and a half foot wingspan that he had. And we're kind of yucking it up a little bit going, oh, what's, what's this donkey doing? Uh, and next thing you know, the NBA shutting down. As soon as that happened, I saw the scroll at the bottom mm -hmm. of, the, of the screen. I went, uh-oh, this cannot be good for the NHL. And then sure enough, as you mentioned, uh, everything that went down in Columbus. And next thing you know, we're jumping back on the plane, yeah. heading back to Pittsburgh. But really, some of the... the the things that stick out for me, you know, I left home when I was 18 years of age and I basically have been on the road since in this calendar year and this, uh, this 12 uh, months, I've slept in my bed every single yeah, night for the first time yeah. since I was 18. So not traveling is weird, but what stands out as far as the hockey part, you know, you had Sidney Crosby, Shea Weber, Patrick Kane, they all played in their thousandth game and there was no fans. You know, th that's a special moment and to not celebrate it with the fans, whether it's at home or on the road. Uh, and we saw Sidney Crosby in Pittsburgh. He's waving to a camera to his mom and dad that couldn't, you know, come across the border. They were at the quarantine to say, hey, mom, hey, dad, uh, I'm playing in my thousandth game. I miss you. I love you. And he had to do it kind of that way and th that disconnect. Oh. But there's been a lot of good. 
we had the playoffs. We had a Stanley Cup champion, the Tampa Bay Lightning, holding the cup over their head, Dayon. Victor Hedman and Steven Stamkos, you talk about the optics. It was and you awkward, try to imagine man. what that would have been like in Florida oh my goodness. for the game. The, 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 the Lightning are way more popular in Tampa than what people realize, I think. Sure. It would have been an unbelievable scene. And, and as it was, it's now an even more unbelievable no, scene. No, you're right. No, you know? it, and I think that's it's special. Let's put it that way. Like you said, yeah. you ex accentuate the positive here. What the Lightning did and what the Stars did to get as far as they did. What the league has done to keep here, people here. healthy. Uh, look at it as a positive. Yeah. yeah, a lot of lot of good things to be able to take away from a year where there was so much bad and there was a lot of learning, a lot of perspective. Like head coach Mike Sullivan said, just you know, you had more time with family and friends and finding good health and all those little things that we sometimes do take for granted. And these guys just getting so excited when they can get back on the ice. I remember talking to uh, the guys the first you know couple days of training camp when they were getting ready for that bubble playoffs, and you could just see it on their faces. You could. <laughs> They were like, we get to be back. We're doing this again. It's under really weird circumstances, but we're still playing hockey. And I think that's something I know a lot of sports fans were so looking forward to when the sport came back, when these games came back. Well, let's fast forward a little bit. We're coming back to the present time. This coming weekend after the, excuse me, not this coming weekend, after they get past the Buffalo Sabres on Saturday, there's a two-game homestand against the Bruins. And this is going to be a really, really interesting series, a lot to kind of expect from here what do the penguins need to do here to come away with some wins and come away with some points well let's start with uh this has been a homer series uh the last 15 games between these two clubs boston at home 9-0-0 pittsburgh at home 6-0-0 uh it's just been a, a weird type of series back and forth uh but really when you look at the boston bruins what stands out the most jenna is that number one line, mm -hmm. the perfection line, they call them, right? Yep. With uh, David Pasternak uh, on the right wing, you have Brad Marchant and Patrice Bergeron. I mean, they're, they're clearly the best line in hockey. Yes. And they dominate when they're on the ice. On top of that, you have Marchand and Bergeron, two of the better penalty killers in the league, and always a threat to score shorthanded. But here's a key. Boston is pretty banged up. Brendan Carlo, as we know, he's out for a while. That horrible hit from Tom Wilson. Yep. Also, they're missing a couple other defensemen. And they're a team that's banged up. We don't know if Tuka Rask is going to be available for this back-to-back. -back. But the back-to-back -back games, you're going to have to count on your fourth line. You have to count on your on your backup goaltender. And you know, you know as well as I do, Dayon, it'll be a physical, physical two-game set when the pens and the bees get Yeah, get it, it will. It always is. Boston comes in and they just throw their weight around. Even though they're funny, they're not the biggest team, but they come in and they, they throw a lot of body checks and they can get you caught up in that. I've had Penguins players tell me that over the last two, three years. You almost have to worry or be aware of not getting too caught up in trying to go check for check because it, it's not really the Penguins game, you know, so you don't want to throw yourself out of position. Uh, I look at these two games First of all, Jenna is as pivotal. I mean, look at the standings right yeah. now. If you have a, uh, an opportunity like the Penguins do to put some daylight between yourselves and another team like that that's right at that same spot in the division, you have to embrace it as if they're playoffs. The other thing I'd like to see from this series is obvious stuff. Yeah, you want to go after the first line. You want to make sure that Teddy Bluger's lined up. You want to make sure that, that uh, Latang and Dumoulin are lined up with those guys. I want to see the Penguins defend and attack the middle of the rink. When they get in trouble against Boston, it's because they allow the Bruins to box them out from that net, and they make Rask and Halak look way better than they actually are. And they're already very, very good. 
Uh, let's see the Penguins be aggressive, go at the net. Uh, I think they, they have a good chance to get three out of four points here and maybe get all four. Yeah, really, really crucial four-point swing that could do some mm -hmm. separation in the standings both ways. Penguins hoping they're on the right side of it. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us, and thank you for joining us on Overtime on the Ice.